Welcome to The Way Home Podcast, a conversation about church, community, and culture. I'm your host, Dan Darling, and I'm joined today in the studio here in Nashville by my colleague, Lindsay Swartz. How's Glad it going, Glad to join Lindsay? you, Dan. Hi. It's going well. Good to have you here. Uh, so Lindsay and I are going to have a conversation with Courtney Reisig. So Lindsay, can you tell me a little bit about Courtney? Sure thing. Courtney and I are friends from our days in seminary. She's a great friend, and she is the author of The Accidental Feminist, and she is a prolific blogger. She blogs on sites like The Gospel Coalition and Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood and Hermeneutics. So she's a mom with three boys, and she has her husband, Daniel, and they live in Arkansas. So we are glad to have her join us on the podcast. So we're going to talk just about women and leadership and you know what that role looks like in the church how churches can empower women. Right. And also um, dispelling some of the myths about womanhood. It's not about having your hair done and your makeup done and your clothes matching. It's about much more than that. Okay. I thought that's what it was about. No, sadly. So I'm going to learn some things here. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I do need to learn things. Well, this will be a a great conversation with Courtney. Uh, She's a really gifted writer. You've probably read her stuff on some of those places that Lindsay mentioned, um, and you'll look forward to that. Before we start our conversation, though, let's talk about this new email uh, thing we have called The Weekly. So can you explain to our audience what The Weekly is? Well, we first piloted The Weekly within our staff, and we loved it so much. Our uh, We call him the blog ninja. Joe Carter compiles this as only he can, but we loved it so much we wanted to share it with everyone else. And it is a weekly rundown of news and events, mm-hmm. what's going on in our culture, and to help us think about these cultural and moral and ethical issues from a biblical standpoint. Yeah, and, and the, the idea behind it, right, is for people who, you know, people are so busy, they're, they're working, they got their families, they got a hundred things. Right. Um, there's news coming at them from a variety of sources, right? Facebook and Twitter and, right. and you know, conversations at church and, or, you know, if people still watch TV news, you know, so they want to be up to speed on things, right? So people are saying, well, I, I think something happened with like Planned Parenthood or I think something happened. So, you know, what should I be thinking about that? So it's really like just a short explainer and then some just commentary with some links to some key stories. And what I like about it is that, you know, you get it in your email on your phone or whatever, and you can scan it. And it takes, what, about 10 or 15 minutes to read? Mm-hmm. And if you want to take a deep dive on a couple of things that are of interest to you, you can click on a link and there's just more information. So it's been pretty popular. I mean, I talked to a pastor yesterday who said it's really helpful for him as he's thinking about preaching and about talking to his people and kind of being up to speed on these things. Because people are coming to him and saying, what should I think about this? And uh, he's a busy guy. So it was very helpful. So... They can get it, right, by going to erlc.com slash theweekly, or if you just want to go to my website, danieldarling.com, we'll have a link there on the podcast page, and you can sign up for it. Uh, it's a great resource, so we hope you sign up for it. But for now, let's join our conversation with our special guest, Courtney Rising. Well, it's great to have Courtney Reisig here on the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So we're here to talk about your book, The Accidental Feminist. And so if someone has not read the book or not familiar with who you are, can you walk us through sort of how you came, you know, that title is very intriguing, and then sort of how you how you sort of came to that thinking. 
I wrote an article um, a while back about how I came, how I used to be a feminist prior to becoming a believer. But then I, as I, um, once I became a Christian, I kind of held on to some of those feminist ideologies after I became a Christian and then didn't realize how um, feminism was kind of influencing me even as a Christian. And so the the book is written um, to kind of expose how we as Christian women don't realize how much we are entrenched in the feminist thought um, because it's just kind of the air we breathe, especially women who are in our 20s and 30s. We don't really see how feminism is has influenced us in, in not only... Um, culturally, but also in the church, and so we we kind of believe that we we are our own destiny. So we kind of own our identity. We we define ourselves. We don't realize that we we've kind of adopted that that thinking. And so I kind of wrote to expose some of that, but not just expose it, but to give us a way forward to delight in in God's goodness, and that we don't have to believe um, kind of what the ambient culture is saying that we define ourselves, that we get to to make our own path, that God has actually given us a better, um, a better path forward in, in creating us as image bearers and in defining us and giving us um, His good design and His good purposes for us. And so I kind of wrote to expose, but also to give, to give an exhortation and encouragement to, to delight in God's goodness um, and Him creating us female, and that, that, has, um, that has implications for us as women. Courtney, I found this book to be so helpful just across the board, no matter what season a woman might be in. And you talked about looking to what the culture defines as being a woman. You open your book with the introduction, but then the first chapter, what it means to be a woman. So so often in the church, we think of what it means to be a woman as defined by doing our hair, doing our makeup, being able to cook, you, you know, any of those things. So mm-hmm. talk to us about what does it really mean to be defined as a woman according to Scripture and the boundary lines that Scripture lays out? Um, well, yeah, I think one of the... There's been a lot of helpful books written on on kind of like the whole biblical womanhood movement, but I think one of the downfalls of of the biblical womanhood movement is it often is written and, and women are spoken to in the context of marriage and family. And so we assume that to be a godly woman, to live out your womanhood, you're, you're doing that in the context of marriage and family. Both of those are very good things. I'm a mom, and I'm a wife, and I'm, I, I enjoy those roles immensely. But there's, it's more than that, and it's also more than, than cooking, cleaning, um, doing your hair and makeup and looking, um, uh, trying to look as feminine as possible, whatever, uh, whatever that, that means. So I think it's more, um, it's more of, a, of a heart disposition, and we see that in Scripture. Scripture doesn't really ever give us an example of a... Of a Godly woman is one who cooks, cleans, um, does her hair and makeup, and, and wears dresses. Um, so those are all good things. What Scripture is pointing out when we're talking about what it means to be a godly woman is it's a heart that trusts in God, that hopes in God. The women who are presented to us in Scripture as godly women are women who love God and His Word, mm-hmm. who love God's people, and who, who really trust in God despite their circumstances. So we're not ever given this personality trait as much as we're given a woman who's been transformed by Christ and been transformed by His Word working in her life. Uh, And so that's what, more than anything, I want women to embrace, is to know who they are in their personality, so to to understand who they are distinctly as as a person, but then also distinctly as a female, how that's lived out as a female, but then also... Um, to love God and to love His Word. And that is where 
we're going to see transformation in a woman's life. It's mm-hmm. not going to be adopting a bunch of new principles and how to be 10 steps in being a godly woman. It's going to be knowing God and knowing His Word and delighting in Him alone. Right. I'm curious, Courtney, you know, as a, as a husband and as a father, and uh, I was a pastor for a while, just how can male Christian leaders, what can we do to support the women in our lives in a way that is honoring to God and biblical sort of in this context? I, re- I love that question, and that's been a question that's asked, been asked me a couple of times, and I, I think it's a great question because I think it it really um, embraces the, the idea that men and women need each other, that we are, we are, mm-hmm. um, we are designed to work together um, and to, to honor God in, uh, as, as human beings together. And so I think that Christian men can really encourage and honor Christian women by first um, just listening to them. So um, I've been really encouraged in my own life by, I have three younger brothers, and I have um, a dad who, who my whole life, I never once felt like I wasn't listened to and wasn't valued. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't really feel, I knew I was a woman, and I knew I was, I was different than my brothers and my dad, but I was treated as an equal, and I was always, I was a part of the conversation, and my mom was always a part of the conversation as much as my brothers were, and that still is to this day. So I think just honoring and respecting and listening to the women in your life is, is, is the first and most, I think, most crucial aspect of, of really encouraging women. Um, but then also recognizing um, the gifts that women have um, and the the abilities that they have and using them in the church. And so whether that means recognizing that a woman does have administrative giftings or a woman has teaching giftings or um, gifts of service, like recognizing any of those abilities and encouraging her to challenge, to channel all of those giftings um, to serve God's people. I think that we can really affirm women in that way by listening to them and then also encouraging them in their gifts. Um, but I think also really understanding how the culture has influenced women, and obviously it's influenced men too, but really understanding how feminism has kind of creeped in and sold women a bill of goods to help them to see that there's a better way forward than believing that, that we own our own identity, um, that we can do all, have it all, to really help women to see that God has a better plan for them than what the culture is telling them, I think um, is, is also really key in helping affirm and encourage women. Well, there's, there's just so many mixed messages, and I'm just thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, the world that my three daughters will grow up in mm-hmm. and sort of how to shepherd them biblically through that. What advice would you give to fathers of daughters as they're raising them in this world? Yeah, I think one of the big messages that we're telling our young women is that they can they can have everything they want when they want it. Um, I, so I think this, this understanding of, like, we, we hear a lot of talk about the having it all debate. And mm-hmm. so can women really have it all? And and the reality is women can't have it all. Men can't have it all either. No one can have everything they want at the time they want it. So everyone is limited by the seasons of their life. Women, I think, especially are limited by the seasons of their life. And so recognizing that just because you, you are gifted in something or you desire something or you're called to do something doesn't mean you can have everything at that time. And so mm-hmm. our culture really, really values usefulness. And so we really want to push people to do everything in their use that they can possibly do. So have, have children if you want them. Have your career if you want it. Um, do everything that's possible to do in your youth because when you, once you get old, like, you're, you're washed up. And so I really would want to encourage young women to understand the season of their life and to be content in that season. So whether that means it's a season of singleness and God's giving you a career to, to really work hard in, then to, to really embrace that and to serve God wholeheartedly in that calling. 
Um, if it means that God's given you children or given you a husband or um, given you a, a ministry, to really to uh, to affirm them to to in, to be content in that calling and to be all there wherever they're at. Um, and not to be longing for the next season of their life and to really help them to be content where God has them, but then also to really help them understand that we are created with these timetables. And so there are, I know that not all women um, are delaying childbearing and not all women are delaying marriage intentionally. I have a lot of single friends, and they're not single of their own choice. They would rather be married. And so I'm not speaking to women who are single not of their own choice or childless, not of their own choice, but women who, who think they have time, who think they can really delay it because you can have everything you want it when you want it. To just really embrace the, the constraints of biology and to see that God has given us all timetables and that we need to live within how He has created us to be and live within those timetables and not try to control, control our lives. Because feminism told us we could control our lives, and we can't. We don't have control over, over our lives. And Courtney, you mentioned involuntary singleness and the friends Mm -hmm. that you have. And going back to the definition of womanhood in the Bible, Mm -hmm. you mentioned two things, being a helper and a life giver. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, as one who is single, it feels there's a high emphasis on family and children in the church, which is great, mm-hmm. and I, I esteem that. But singles can oftentimes feel left out and not sure of where their mm-hmm. place is. So what counsel would you give to your single friends as to how they can be a helper and a life giver mm-hmm. and feel—the only word I can think of is fulfilled in their womanhood, mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. no matter how long the Lord lets that play out? Yeah, and this is—I think it's a, a very important— um, question that needs to be addressed in our churches. Um, and I um, I dealt with a season of infertility and really had to wrestle through um, what it meant to be a woman because I wanted to have children and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And no amount of, of effort on my part was making that happen. And so I, I know what it feels like to, to, to feel like less of a woman because you're not doing what you feel like you're supposed to be able mm-hmm. to do. Um, and so I don't ever want to make women feel that they, that they aren't, that they are less of a woman because they're not, they're women, they're a woman based on the sheer fact that they were created as a woman. And so I think also what we see in scripture and within this new covenant community of the local church, that the the family is now the family of God. Mm -hmm. And so while the, the, the immediate nuclear family is very important and marriage and children should be held in high honor, God puts a very, very high priority on his family of God. And so men and women are given the opportunity to live out this fathering and mothering within a local church context um, without ever having to, to say, I do, or ever having to birth a child. Um, they can live out this in the family of God, their manhood and womanhood as a mother and father, so in, in discipleship and spiritual mothering. Um, we, can, we see that in Titus 2, um, older women passing on, um, the, the things of God to younger women. Um, also, as a as a helper, I think that that women first need to know um, their giftings, their abilities, mm-hmm. and who they are, um, and then out of that flows this this helper. So they're not necessarily a helper to all men at all. I don't think that that's the, that what how Scripture defines it. I think it's a a um, a building up and using your giftings and your abilities to serve God's people and to serve the local church. So to find out and know who you are, know your giftings, know your abilities, and then serve out of that context. Um, Right. And And I... 
Yeah, so that's what I would say. Well, and it's, like you said, it it just is having the heart of Sarah who didn't fear that which was frightening, but trusting in the Lord because— Regardless, I know this by faith, even with a husband and children, there's always something that we're going to be tempted to put our hope in or be disappointed by. And so um, we have to have hearts that rest in and trust in the Lord. And godliness with contentment is great gain. Yes, and we live in a scary world. Mm -hmm. We live in a very frightening world because there's no guarantee that even if if you get married or have children, that God's not going to take those things away from you. Not that right. you live with this like sense of morbidity all the time, thinking God's going to take everything good away from you. But the reality is, is that we're not who we are based on our circumstances. So I'm not a woman because I have a husband and children. I'm a woman because God created me as a woman. And whether I have a children or a husband or not, um, I'm still called to live out my femininity. I'm different than a man, and right. that's a good thing. Right. And all of my all of the ways that God has created me is used by him to bring um, bring about his glory in this world. And so whether that's in my home, whether that's in my church, whether that's through my writing, um, I bring a different and unique perspective to things because I'm a woman and that's a good thing. Right. And we should be embracing that and celebrating that. And that isn't isn't has nothing to do with whether or not you have children or a husband. Um, it's just another context to um, for it to manifest itself. Right. And I would say as well, not to offer our sisters, no matter what they're struggling with, trite bits of comfort, those mm-hmm. little those little piecemeal phrases that, oh, well, if it's a desire of your heart, the Lord will give it. Or oh, God, if yes. you know that those offer no help. So that's why I am grateful for your book, because we do need a robust theology that understands that our womanhood is grounded in the image of God. Yes. And ultimately that's what's gonna satisfy, not these other things that the may that yes. the Lord may choose to give or take away. Yes. Yes, and to say to someone that because you want this so much, I know God's going to give it to you, there's nowhere in Scripture that Mm -hmm. that that theology works. Right. Because we see so many instances where God doesn't always give us the things that we want. Right. Because it's for and He's he's working in that sometimes He withholds the thing we want the most for our good, and He might never give it to us. Mm -hmm. He might never, and I mean, I have a whole host of unanswered prayers in my life that I would love to see God answer those prayers. Um, in the way that I would like them to be answered. But so far, he's chosen not to answer those prayers in the way I would like for him to. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make him any less God, and that doesn't make my my life as a Christian any less real. Mm-hmm. It just means we live in a, a fallen world, and nothing's going to be the way we want it to be this side of the fall. Um, it's all broken. Um, and because of Christ, there is redemption. But it, this is not the new heavens and the new earth, and so we're not going to be getting everything we, we hoped for in this life. And that is a hard thing pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a re- it's it's the unfortunate reality of sin, right? Courtney, one question I'm I'd like to ask you too is for men besides kind of empowering their wives and their daughters to live live out biblical womanhood as you've described, mm-hmm. uh, how can pastors and church leaders also empower and resource and encourage? Just, just other sisters in the Lord, uh, whether mm-hmm. they're uh, in their church or in their organization that they lead, or even in their community. This is another, I think, really helpful question because I think um, for in uh, in churches for a while, it's been kind of this segregated thing where, like, the women do their own thing and mm-hmm. the women do their women's ministry, and the pastor kind of never really knows what's going on. He just kind of lets them do their thing, and um, and maybe not because of any any intentional disdain or anything like that. He just 
that's the women. The women do their thing. And so I think, um, and we're seeing a, a kind of a resurgence or even a, a transformation of this in, in local churches. I know my church, um, the elders are a very affirming of the women's Bible study that we have, and they know what the women are studying. They, um, they approve of what the women are studying, and they encourage what the women are studying. And so we've been going through, our, at our church, Nancy Guthrie's um, seeing Jews in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and we've really seen a, it's been a tremendous Bible study for our women, and we've really seen a transformation um, of just a love of Scripture in the lives of our women. And it's, what, what's so encouraging is it's elder-affirmed. It's the elders approve of it, they affirm it, they're encouraging it, but it's also flowing, like, from the pulpit. So the women are hearing God's Word preached every Sunday, and it's, it's creating them a hunger for God and His Word. And then we're channeling that into a women's Bible city, and we're seeing women um, want to do, study it for themselves. And so I think the leadership of a local church has to be behind what the women are doing. It can't just be some, um, the women off, are off doing their own thing. So really, listen to the women in your church. Listen to what they want to study. And if maybe they don't want to study the Bible, maybe they're not there yet, maybe start to think about, is it because of something that you're not, are you not giving them a hunger for their word in the pulpit on Sunday morning. Is that the first place where they're getting a hunger for God and His Word, and then it's channeled out through the other ministries of the church? And so, also, I would say, if you see a woman in your church who has leadership giftings, who has teaching abilities, really encourage her in that. Um, maybe it means um, encouraging her to, if you don't have, like, we kind of do the way our church functions is kind of ministry startup organically, so we don't have a whole lot of formalized ministry in our church, but we have some, um, like, on-the-ground people just meeting together and things like that. So, encourage her to maybe meet with a couple other women in the church to kind of start studying the Bible together and see what happens. Um, but I would just say, just to really prioritize the study of God and His Word um, in the pulpit and then in the other ministries of the church, and allow that to just take root in people's hearts and to see what happens, the hunger that they would have for God and His Word, and then affirm and encourage the, the abilities and the giftings of the women in your church and kind of see where the, what happens there. But that's, that's a, a, also a philosophy of ministry of things happening organically, so mm-hmm. we don't have a whole lot of formalized stuff in our church. Well, Courtney, this has been a great conversation, great insights. I really appreciate you joining us, and uh, we want to encourage everyone to, if they haven't read The Accidental Feminist, that they should go and get this book and read it. Very good stuff, and we just appreciate your writing and your work. We Thank you. see you, your work popping up everywhere, and uh, really appreciate uh, the way that you communicate with clarity and biblical truth. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I want to thank Courtney Reisig for joining Lindsay and I in that great conversation about womanhood and leadership and what that looks like in the church. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you let us know by sending us an email, wayhome at erlc.com, or better yet, writing a review for us on iTunes to help spread the word about the podcast. Uh, If you're interested in other conversations we've had with other Christian leaders like Jim Daly from Folks on the Family or Matt Chandler, David Platt, Karen Swallow Pryor, others, check out the podcast page at danieldarling.com or uh, subscribe uh, on iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn or your favorite podcast player. Also, don't forget to sign up for our new email newsletter, The Weekly, by visiting the website, danieldarling.com and clicking on the podcast page. But for now, thank you for listening to The Way Home Podcast. Mm-hmm.